From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Reports of domestic abuse have declined during the pandemic, but that's not necessarily good news. Today, I'm speaking with leaders from two Syracuse agencies that help victims of abuse. Randy Bregman is Executive Director of Vera House, and Dr. Ann Botash is a national expert on child abuse and professor of pediatrics at Upstate, who's the medical director of McMahon Ryan Child Advocacy Center. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Let me start with you, Dr. Botash. Uh, why does this decline in reports of abuse concern you? Well, I think I'm concerned because I have uh, seen this happen before. We've seen uh, reports go down a little bit over the summer when kids aren't in school. And so we know that it's lack of eyes on the children that can cause this ha to happen, that we might see less calls. But also we know that um, anytime that there's stress in a family, economic downturn, the fear in, that's um, been generated by this pandemic, all those things re result in um, children um, being sort of the the one who gets it taken out on in either physical abuse or sexual abuse. So when you said lack of eyes, you mean teachers or other mandated reporters that would be interacting with children who aren't right now. Yes, and it's not just the eyes, but actually the access to these uh, non-threatening adults, basically, uh, who are safe adults who a, a child could go to and, um, feel comfortable enough to tell them um, what's happening and, and they're not able to have that kind of relationship, at least right now. And Mrs. Bregman, what's the situation at Vera House? Are you concerned about domestic abuse that's not being reported? And actually the numbers around domestic abuse have been all over the place throughout the pandemic. So that I think in countries as they started to emerge from the pandemic crisis, there were indicators that abuse had happened at far greater numbers than in the past. Uh, New York State's numbers for the statewide hotline, the governor reported are up 30%. And the Syracuse police just last week, they reported that their numbers are up 12%. Our calls have been fairly steady here at Vera House. So I think increased calls mean people have found a way to get access and reach out for help. Reduced calls mean people are trapped without seeking assistance, but we knew from the day that there was a stay at home order that people being required to stay in homes with people who hurt them, humiliate them, put them in fear, was going to result in catastrophic realities for people we serve and those we haven't yet reached. And I, I think we've seen that play out. It's a very challenging time for us and we're concerned about everybody trapped in these homes. What have your agencies done differently during the pandemic? Well, I can start and then Dr. Botash can jump in. Um, I think we've tried to be much more conscientious about outreach and reaching out to people to find out if they're okay. So if we had a safe phone number, um, we went back through people who maybe stopped working with us six months ago but might now be in a more difficult situation. And our staff reached out, called, checked in to find out if people were okay. We've been pushing out a services poster that we've tried to share and have hung in places that are still open, shared through the Syracuse newspaper and uh, social media to let people know that we're here. 
We've recently added a chat line because we know that making a phone call can be far more difficult than doing something more discreet like a chat. So we opened our chat line a few weeks ago and just over this weekend expanded the hours so we're open from early morning till late night, able to respond to people that way. So, and also for our therapists, they all went to telemedicine and they've been doing everything through a video conference or through um, phone, if that's the preference of the person. And you're seeing, I, I assume the demand is there for those services. Yes, the demand has been very high and there have been a few silver linings, so to speak, that um, our therapists have particularly reported from doing the teletherapy and being able to see somebody with their pet in their home, for example, and getting a sense of some of the things that comfort them. Or for someone who might be afraid to leave their home, being able to do a parallel process from the therapist's home to the client's home and achieve some success that they may not have been able to achieve if the person couldn't get to the office. So I think some of the silver lining is we'll be able to continue teletherapy for those that that makes sense for. Um, and be able to use different creative ways to reach people. So I, I think we have found some success with that, but there are access issues and there are disproportionate impacts on communities of color, low-income households, being able to maintain access if they're sharing one laptop. Some of those challenges have been real. So we've worked to try and get access to some of those um, both hard and soft resources. And Dr. Botash at McMahon Ryan. Um, well, I, first I want to say thank you to to uh, Randy Bregman and Vera House for everything that you're doing and listening to. Uh, I, kn I know that uh, you've been really uh, scrambling, I want to say, to get everything uh, into uh, the right format and to, to help people as much as you've always helped people. And, and uh, I think um, we appreciate that in the CARE program. And the CARE program works uh, out of McMahon Ryan. And so a lot of the activities that, I don't wanna speak for the, the uh, director of McMahon Ryan, but there's a lot of continuing activities for prevention. And um, initially we all sort of slowed down a little bit, tried to regroup, figure out how we're gonna approach this. Um, and we rescheduled um, many of our patients uh, forward into, um, you know, a later date if we could, as far as their um, healthcare, if, if we could wait a little bit. And now we're reopened really back up to kind of the same rate of uh, setting up appointments and things like that, that we had done in the past. We are also using telehealth and similar uh, to you, I think we really have um, found some silver lining there because it is, it's a different window into a person's life. You can see what they're talking about when they're actually, you know, talking about a child's behavior, for example, and the child's running around <laughs> in the house behind them, you actually can witness it. Where in an office, it's a, it's a little bit different. It's not um, ideal though, because we really do need to see the children and uh, telehealth um, doesn't give us that. The cameras really aren't there yet <laughs> to help us. They're a little bit too pixelated for, for pictures and things like that. So, um, you know, we've we've changed a little bit um, in terms of our accessibility. We're uh, set out right from the beginning to be more accessible to other healthcare providers and and mandated reporters more than um, we usually are just by phone. And we've also um, really uh, worked really hard to review every single um, call that we get and make sure that it's handled which we do anyway, but I think now uh, doing it in a different way, we're doing it more as a group. 
You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Randy Bregman, the Executive Director of Vera House, and Dr. Ann Botash, the Medical Director of the McMahon-Ryan Child Advocacy Center and a Professor of Pediatrics at Upstate. Is there reason to believe that the severity of abuse could be worse than usual due to the stress that's caused by the isolation? Are abusers abusing more, do you, do you think? Um, I think there's some literature to support that abusers are abusing more. Um, there's uh, across the country, um, uh, RAIN, which I'm going to forget what that stands for, but rape, incest, uh, they're, they're a, a, another hotline call. They've reported increased in the, in the month of March. Um, the UK has reported, I think they said something between like a, a doubling of the number of domestic violence deaths. So there's there's been some literature to support the severity and the um, numbers of people being abused, children and and uh, also uh, domestic violence going up. So I don't think we have we have a full picture yet. We don't have our own numbers really to to look at to you know. In a big enough way, we might have a few weeks worth here, but that's it. And at Vera House, do you have a, a feeling that uh, there's more more severe abuse happening? Well, I think based on the same things Dr. Botash just said, that we have um, the information from the rape abuse, abuse incest, and national network, um, the international studies that have come out. And some of the people that have come to us for emergency shelter in recent weeks have been in absolutely horrific situations. Um, so I think it's hard to collect data when part of what we began our conversation with is how much data we're missing because people aren't safe to call, don't have safe adults in their lives if they're children. But um, to say we are seriously concerned would be an understatement. So people may feel that they're at the end of the rope with the stress of this situation and assuming that that raises the risk for abuse. Do you have any suggestions for parents or or people? How can you head off an explosion? Are there safe ways to vent? I think there are always ways for people to make better choices than to hurt someone that they uh, are supposed to love and care about. So I think a lot of that has to do with the ability of the person who uses abusive behaviors to try to make different choices. And I this month I'm celebrating my 30th anniversary of working here at Vera House. And I would not be here if I did not have hope for the capacity of people to change. So I think what it takes really is um, an abusive person who might reach out to whatever supports they have to try to help them make better choices. If they need to, you can get in a car and you can go somewhere. You can go to a park if you maintain social distance. So I think people trying to make safe choices because the only way to really stop abuse is to have the people with abusive behaviors make the choice to stop. But then I think there's an opportunity for bystanders, family members, friends, neighbors, people who have a concern, who saw something that concerned them, who hear something from their next door neighbor to try to offer relief from the isolation, connection and support, and if necessary, reporting to authorities to try and get help there. I do know from the start of this, and Dr. Botash probably has numbers, the calls to our local child protective services were down significantly. 
And so I think it, it takes a, a village and a community to help keep eyes out and make resources for those vulnerable victims. And the numbers were down probably about by half, I would say. Again, people are still looking at the numbers. However, there, there has really seemed to be, and this is anecdotal, but the last week or so and a little bit of an uptick, we're starting to see and more like our normal uh, you know, calls, at least to us uh, in the care program coming in for evaluations. Um, I, I think that, you know, as a provider, we look at, you know, what we've always said to people, you know, that are resources available for them. And those resources are still there. You know, Vera House is still there. Child Protective Services provides many resources for families. The, our, our city and our, our, our um, county police do, you know, a lot of uh, handling of families and helping them to, to you know, find the right um, resources that they need for help. So all these agencies are still working and still providing the, the, the help that we need. Um, but what, what I worry about is that people are less, um, less capable of, of actually finding the numbers that they need because they're maybe um, being watched too closely by a perpetrator in the home. Or, or maybe they can't, you know, I'm doing a telehealth with somebody and they just don't feel comfortable telling me about the domestic violence that's happening in the home because the person is right there in the next room or, or they can't, you know, even a child, um, you know, might be on um, a Zoom call with their school and they can't actually tell the teacher like they normally would have. So those are, those are things that I think we have to figure out ways to make this more accessible, make our resources more accessible to people. I think we used to say, oh, you know, a neighbor could come over and maybe relieve the family of, you know, childcare for a little while. We can't do that now. So we have to think of other ways that we might be able to help families that are really uh, under a lot of stress. But people who, children or adults who need help right now, the services are still in operation and they can safely get help if, if I hear what you're saying. Yes. Uh, and um, actually, you know, we talk a lot about healthcare heroes. These are, these are heroes that are going into the homes, child protective workers, and, you know, putting themselves at risk of illness and making sure that children are safe. And it's still happening um, right now. I, I would agree that the services are there. Um, the question is people finding their way to the services right now. So for someone, a child or an adult who wants to report abuse or needs help, what would each of your agencies like them to do? Dr. Botash, how could they reach help? We recommend if there's a suspicion of abuse that the person call the New York State hotline, uh, the child abuse hotline, and that number is 800-342-3720. And that's usually the first point of contact, and then uh, we will we'll get our um, referrals through them. Um, however, sometimes people aren't sure about um, calling or they have other needs, and we do have a website, which you'll provide later. If you contact any one of our agencies in, in our county, um, the resources that you need will be offered, and I think you'll be able to reach um, whichever service is um, a priority. So that's that's um, 
I think, a, a good resource for you to check our website as well as the Vera House website and the McMahon Ryan website. And Mrs. Bregman for uh, Vera House? Well, I would um, just add a couple of things, and I appreciate Dr. Botash mentioning the Vera House website. I also want to remind folks that we now have that chat available um, from early morning till late at night, um, right through that website as well. And then if you uh, have an immediate situation where you feel unsafe, you should still call 911 to try to get a police response. Um, 211 gives you general resources if you're trying to find housing and a host of other things. And we maintain a 24-hour hotline um, for victims or friends or family who need help. And that hotline number is 315-468-3260. Again, 315-468-3260. Well, thank you both. We will post links to each of your websites along with some resources for people at healthlinkonair.org. Thank you to Randy Bregman, the Executive Director of Vera House, and Dr. Ann Botash, the Medical Director of the McMahon-Ryan Child Advocacy Center and a Professor of Pediatrics at Upstate. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.